Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Three, that's the magic number. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. It is me, Gabe Ramirez. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you guys had yourselves a great weekend. Sans any Bears losses. And I do have some things to say about the Bears, though, uh, inside the trifecta. The trifecta, ladies and gentlemen, essentially just the top three things that have uh, bubbled to the surface today for me. And I'm not talking about anything in my daughter's diapers because I did watch both of them today. Shout out my daughters, Whitney and Riley. They keep me on my toes, man. I, I could go in. Danny Parkins just walked by me and said, oh, so t- Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to be filling in for Matt Spiegel. So Danny and I will be doing our first two shows ever. First time, two years, he and I have done a show together. But what we have in common is our children, very young ones at that. And we're going to get into some thoughts there. And, I, and I'll have plenty of thoughts, and seeing as though I had to watch those two little Shirin for the for the day. But uh, Whitney and Riley, two adorable buttes uh, over there. All right. Um, but again, trifecta, <clears throat> excuse me, top three stories that have been rolling around in my brain. And after the trifecta, what does Patrick Mahomes have to say about the Baltimore Ravens, the team he will face next weekend for a chance to play in the Super Bowl? Oddly, he didn't mention Taylor Swift either. Which is good. That's a good thing. Uh, but I'll play you. I'll play that for you uh, after the trifecta. Let's get it started. Number three. Number three story is that the Bears have hired or gone hire offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. Now I hate the fact that I wasn't pounding my chest loudly saying this is who the Bears were going to hire when you know Lawrence Holmes put out his list of people when you know the name started trickling in. This seemed like the obvious Bears choice. Obvious. Take a second. Take a second. Doesn't this feel right? And I don't mean right like one that's going to knock your socks off and blow you away. I mean, doesn't this seem like the Bears thing to do? To go get someone that's just, just comfortable? Someone that's like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's exactly what the Bears do. And that's what they did with this offensive coordinator. Having uh, been the OC in Seattle for the last few years having worked under Sean McVay in L.A. And, I mean, listen, what you can say is this. Geno Smith definitely had some of the best years of his career over the last couple of seasons. That you can agree on. 
Is it because of Tyler Lockett? Because of DK Metcalf? Well, if you were listening to Softy Mailer or Mahler, who was talking to Parkins earlier today, he said he'd give all the credit in the world to Pete Carroll and not Shane Waldron, which I thought was damning. Mm. I thought that was interesting. I thought, uh, but I, I can't do that, right? Because if we're going to fire Luke Getzey and say that Justin Fields didn't have the year most thought he was going to have, then you got to give credit when a guy does perform well. And Geno Smith, without question, has performed above and beyond any expectation that anyone had of him. And so that's what you want, right? Didn't it's, It kind of mirrors the Bears' situation, what it, what it probably will be next season, right? Two really good wide receivers. They have three, actually. Jackson Smith and Jigba, a guy who Justin Fields used to throw the ball to, stud wide receiver. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, that's really good. Now, their running backs didn't necessarily pan out the way that they wanted them to, so you could say that mirrors that of the Chicago Bears. A little bit more firepower in the wide receiver room. And comparable offensive lines. It's just, you know, I'm sure that's what they thought. They thought, oh, this guy turned something into, you know, something out of nothing. We do this a lot, Gabe. What's your official grade on the Shane Waldron offensive coordinator hire? Obviously, you cannot give a, an actual grade until you see some stuff. But, 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 I want to be fair I'm to your paper. question. I want to be fair to your question. All right. In the grand scheme of things, B, like a low B, like an 81, 82. You can call it a B minus if you want, but it, 83, 82, 83. It doesn't, it's definitely not an upper 80s pick, and it's sure as hell in the 90s. And I don't want to disrespect the guy by saying 70s because, again, you could look at these Seattle Seahawks over the last two years and they weren't supposed to be there. Point blank, period. They were not supposed to be there. And the reason why they were was because of their offense. And so you got to just, you know, uh, such a it's, so, it's such a Bears thing to do. Not the sexy one. It, it even looks like Lou Getzey. And then when you when you I'm gonna play some clips that I have for you uh, earlier. Great job! I think it was Ray Diaz. I'm, I hope I'm giving proper credit. Who grab all, all these cuts of DK Metcalf talking about Shane Waldron, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. I'm gonna play those for you uh, a little bit later. But man, Bears got a new offensive coordinator. Let's hope it fixes the problems. Number two. Number two thing that stood out to me today is that the Bulls are taking on the Phoenix Suns. That'll be happening at eight o'clock. Pre-game begins at seven forty-five. Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Berger, Mini, they have your call. This one's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, I watch the I watch every game. Damn me. For a while. I, literally, I've watched every second of every single game this year for the Chicago Bulls. Intently, too, taking notes. I don't even I don't even use my notes for Bulls games because it's so frustrating. Um, but I was watching the game on Saturday, and they definitely look like a team. I mean, I know the Grizzlies suck. Especially right now with all their injuries, but <clears throat> they definitely look like a team that you had zero doubt they were going to win. You're like, oh, this team's going to win. And I don't know that even against a bad team, I can't remember the last time the Bulls. I felt that way about the Bulls. How many times you see the Bulls play the Magic last year or lowly teams that they just beat you up because they were younger, faster, more energetic, cared more? And that wasn't that didn't seem like the case at all on Saturday. Again, again, I understand it's against a bad team, but Bulls taking on the Phoenix Suns tonight. Um, gonna be I don't know. Grayson Allen might not play. Thank God he's a Bulls killer. He hit like nine threes the other day. I'm so glad he's not gonna be playing. 
Zach Levine's not playing. Patrick Will still P Will still dealing with the ankle issue issue. Uh, and then Eric Gordon for them. So I'm trying to think. If you're doing player props, I feel like Devin Booker just eats up the Bulls. Like every single time. Just eats up the Bulls. So I'm gonna say like over 26 for Devin Booker. Mm. I always want to say bet the under for Kevin Durant because I assume they're always going to be blowing this out, blowing the Bulls out. But Kevin Durant, it's going to be good. Just watch it. Bulls basketball, Phoenix Suns, watch them. They're going to start picking things up now that we've reached January. Uh, Excuse me, just listen to it because you can listen to it here on 670. The score at 745 pregame begins. Don't watch it. Listen to it. Number one. Also, I get in trouble. All right, uh, number one story. This one's interesting, and it's because there are a ton of people that were happy that the Packers lost. An odd number where it was cringe, where I was like, hey, guys, they beat us to get into the playoffs, and you're celebrating some team as if there's an actual rivalry going on. You do that when there's a rivalry. like When the Red Sox and the Yankees are really good, and the Yankees beat them, and then they lose in the next round, you cheer that because you're pissed. What are you upset about when it comes to the Packers? They've owned you. They've proven that they've owned you. They gave you a cocotazo in week 18 to tell to, to let you know, no, we you still are our son. We are going to the playoffs. Then they won a game against the Cowboys. And then, and then, they, then they, they lose to the number one seed, Vic, or excuse me, uh, Niners team that they probably almost could have beat. And we're cheering? Cheering as if, like, oh, at least the Packers didn't win. No, that was fun six, seven years ago when the Bears were good. Now it's just embarrassing. It's a, it's a lot. We're, we're, we look like fools laughing at that. And then, you know what made it even worse? That the Lions won. The Lions, they're still in your division, Papa. You're, they're, they're still better than you. You beat them, but you're they're still better than you. So you're happy with the Packers losing, but somebody else in your division then making it? I'm so confused at that. That's something that really bothered me today or over the course of the weekend. Like, I was seeing people post up stuff on, like, my Instagram feeds, and I'm like, what is going on here? Why are we celebrating being losers? Celebrating the fact that a team that is unquestionably better, unquestionably questionably better than the Bears and we're trying to you, who do you even know that likes the Packers <laughs> it's like you got like one guy maybe one guy alright there goes the trifecta ladies and gentlemen let's be better Bears fans that's a magic number hopefully we can you know poke fun at the Packers during the regular season that's what we need to be doing if we're beating them alright I am Gabe Ramirez and this is 670 The Score broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers, and I did promise you before the break, I said, uh, what did Patrick Mahomes say about this Baltimore Ravens team that he's going to be facing? We got Tyler Ferengal producing today. Tyler, you got some cuts for me, brother? All right. So first up, uh, he just talks about Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, and the team as a whole, and whether or not he feels like they have weaknesses. I know it's early, but your early thoughts of Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, there's no weakness there. It's going to take our best effort. Um, defense, offense, special teams, they do it all. It's always a great challenge, and uh, that stadium's going to be rocking, so uh, we're excited for the challenge. 
Now, the Kansas City defense is good. It's it's underrated by, by the casual fan, right, who thinks, oh, Kansas City, it's all about Patrick Mahomes. You've watched them the last two games, man. Those guys have been getting after it, the defense. And I bring that up because when I think about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, I got to be very, very honest. Like, you know, you knew Baltimore was good and you know Lamar is good. I think a lot of people, myself included, just didn't know how good they were because it seemed as though it was just some carbon copy of whatever they'd done in the past, right? Really good defense, good Lamar Jackson, ah, out in the AFC Championship. But the way they put it on the Texans, first of all, being favored by nine and a half against a team that just shocked the world, I mean, not shocked the world, but beat Cleveland, nine and a half? No one thought that. And then they go out and smack them all phases. And so when you're thinking about how this game can play out against the Kansas City Chiefs, they're probably going to be able to do something similar to what they did against Buffalo in terms of offensive output. Defensively, I just don't know. I don't know if, if it's going to be such a good game. Of the two, this is the better one without question. We're going to have to see how creative Matt Nagy is in this kind oh, of pressure man. situation. Oh, man. I had to go there. A couple of Rasheed Rice end arounds. A couple of five wide on first down when Baltimore blitzes. It's going to be great. Tight end sneak. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes also said, you know, this is the good thing. This is what you need from a champion. Someone that's already won it in the six straight AFC championship games, which is unreal. And he still feels like he has something to prove. Thrilled Patrick Mahomes on his way to another AFC championship game. I saw you look at the crowd over there at the end of the game. You heard it all week, didn't you? The noise about not having played a true road game and not having played here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, first of all, this is a great environment, man. It really is. Um, but uh, we, I mean, we did hear it all week, man, about playing a road game, and we were, we were here to prove a point, man, and to show that we can play anywhere. And we know we're going to have a heck of a challenge this next week, but our guys are going to get ready to go and uh, go out there and see what we can do. That's all you need. Another challenge. Michael Jordan always looked for it. The best always look for it. That edge. And Patrick Mahomes seems to has found seems to have found his. Not only against the Buffalo Bills and heading on up to New York and and handling business, but just saying, like, man, this is a great environment. I love playing in this. I love it. Give it. I wish it was snowing. I wish you would have said that. Well, Baltimore is going to present a different test for them and I think it's going to be one of the better matchups all season long with everything on the line. Um, it's going to be a great game, and Patrick Mahomes definitely is going to try to stop whatever, I don't even know, eight ball people have been looking into by saying the Ravens versus the Niners in the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, but what does our next guest think? Who does he think the last two teams uh, that will be standing after next weekend? We are going to talk to my good friend, former Chicago Bear, former Northwestern alum. Maybe we'll get into the to the Ryan Field stuff as well. Corey Wooten is going to be joining us next, talking all, thing bear, all things Bears and the NFL playoffs, and I'll try to sneak in some Northwestern conversation as well. Uh, who does Corey Wooten think will be hoisting the trophy at the end of the season? We will ask him next. It's Gabe Ramirez 
right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. On the play fake, Wilson rolls, fires, end zone, top touchdown, Gerald Everett. 24-yard touchdown catch. That's what happened when you get this run game going. Your guys have bad eyes, their eyes get in the backfield, then you have tight ends running free. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Do not forget, Bulls Suns tip-off at 8 p.m. can be heard here on 670 The Score. Pre-game begins at 745. I'm leading you right into that. Uh, we will get an opportunity to talk a little bit later with Mike Salk, who does sports radio out in Seattle, get his thoughts on Bears' new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, supposed uh, new offensive coordinator. Again, that happens at 7.20. But right now, joining us on the score hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois, former Chicago Bear, former Northwestern alum, my good friend, Corey Wooten. Corey, welcome to the show. What's up, Gabe? I might as well call you Mr. Worldwide, right? Because when I'm in here in St. Louis, we got negative seven, negative five, one. And I see my man Gabe on a boat straight flexing on him. I'm I'm angry, man. You're in the uh, nice weather, Puerto Rico, living it up. It was beautiful. Living La Vida Loca. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. And I'm and I'm over here uh being cold, you know. But, yeah, it was it was hey. it was rough, Corey. It's rough. Not everybody can be me. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can be me. <laughs> Um, Corey, let's talk about uh, let's talk about first the playoffs, the playoffs this weekend, and you know seeing the Lions beat the Bucks, you know seeing Green Bay go down. You saw Casey topple the Buffalo Bills, and and the the Ravens really handle business against the the Texans. I mean, what did you think about the weekend, and how do you think this thing is going to play out? So about the weekend, the first game, um, first thing I want to comment on is, is the Patrick Mahomes-Josh Allen rivalry, right? Yeah. And I thought this would be potentially a little bit different this year, right? Because it's the first time Josh Allen has been at home. 
And I'm like, okay, Kansas City really hasn't been playing that consistent. I thought this might be the year where Josh Allen says, ah, you know, I, I got to take the crown. I got to move to the AFC Championship. And unfortunately, he, he didn't do it. And, hey, the kicker didn't make the kick, but you can't leave it there. They had so many different opportunities. But year in and year out, Kansas City, they might not be playing the most consistent towards the end of the season, but when it comes to playoff time, man, all they do is win. So I think Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, their pedigree with Kelsey and them, all they do, all they know how to do is win. Baltimore and that division looks very good offensively, defensively. Um, it looks like there's no kinks in their armor. So this is going to be a great matchup to see this weekend. Uh, Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes can do it, uh, I think this will just add to his resume, right? A year where he didn't really have the receivers that he's normally used to having with Tyreek Hill in them. A lot of drops, um, a lot of unfortunate circumstances. Him and Matt Nagy not on the same page offensive call-wise all year. So I think that would be huge if they could win that game. And then on the other side, how about Detroit, right? Finally getting to an NFC championship game. They're playing consistent on, on both sides of the football Jared Goff's been doing well. St. Brown, Aiden Hutchinson on the other other side has really established himself as one of the most dominant defensive events in the game. And they'll be going against San Francisco. Ooh, it was down to the wire with Green Bay and, and Jordan Love and company. So, um, yeah, I was just really surprised by that throw by Jordan Love. Crossed his body in the triple coverage. Yeah. He had been doing pretty good in that game. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And, I think the future is bright in Green Bay and what he's been able to do, especially the the last seven to eight weeks of the season, including the playoffs. It's yeah. been impressive. Looked good. No, you can't can't say too many bad things about Jordan Love. I mean, he just looked great. But I mean, there are four teams remaining. Who do you think is going to win it all, Corey? Oh, yeah, this is it's a tough one because early on, I'm really thinking San Francisco. Right? I think they're the most consistent football team on both sides of the football. I'm still going to rock with them. Uh, I think their defensive line it is so dominant. They have waves of guys that can beat you. I just – it's hard after a bye week. I think a lot of people sleep on that, right? I know Baltimore and them both had a bye week. It's sometimes really hard coming off a bye week and, and performing well. So I think they'll have a better game this week against Detroit. It's a huge game to get in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I like them. I like them to win it all still. I think they're. Okay. I think offensively and defensively, they're they're probably the most balanced team um, right now. Yeah, they look. They've looked good, and, and who knows? Maybe that Baltimore defense, if they get past Kansas City, they can give Brock Purdy some fits because that's the only way that uh, Baltimore is going to be able to take home the crown in that one. Uh, we're talking to Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear, here on six seventy. The score. I am Gabe Ramirez. Uh, Corey, a lot of uh, people saying, you know, hey man, it's a lock. Bears going to have Shane Waldron as their new offensive coordinator. When you look at the Bears and the situation that they're in, right, just bringing back Coach Eberflus, moving on from a guy who had never had experience calling plays, and then you see where they land, a guy like Shane Waldron, who's been calling plays for the last couple of seasons in Seattle, has seen some success. This almost seems like a like the, the right thing to do for the Chicago Bears. This seems like a match made in heaven for a team that struggled coordinator-wise, quarterback development so whatever quarterbacks in there whether they stick with fields or if they draft somebody i think he's the right guy for the job and look what he did for geno smith's career geno smith really struggled up and down you know when the jets and the other teams he's been on and completely the past two years has turned things around he's been an efficient passer 
He's led them to winning seasons. He looks like a completely different quarterback. So imagine if they keep Justin Fields, what he's going to be able to do with the development, because that's something that we've been talking about is the stunting development of Justin Fields from the, the past two coordinators. So I think if they do keep Fields or whatever quarterback, I think it's going to elevate their game. And, and I, I think that's a great hire and uh, excited to see, you know, what they end up doing this offseason. Corey, what do you, I mean, I think there are obviously two scenarios to explore, right? One where the Bears still have Justin Fields and Shane Waldron is responsible for curating an offense around him and, and trying to get the best out of him. Let's start there before we get to the alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields with this kind of an offensive coordinator, like, is he going to come in and change everything? Is it going to be just a little bit? Like, what, what do you see happening? So I see if Justin Fields is the guy going forward, he's going to cater this offense to what his strengths are. That's something we've been talking about when we, we commentate on the games. Get him on the move, right? Some, some of the zone reads, some of the boots, some of the sprint outs, right? The hard play action, uh, changing the pocket. And I think that's when Justin Fields gets very comfortable. And I feel like you have to do what a quarterback likes. And, and Shane Waldron has been able to do that from Jared Goff to Geno Smith. And I think he'll continue to do that with Justin Fields. So it's just, it's just about this, like putting your ego to the side and understanding what a quarterback likes and what a quarterback does well. And I think that's what he's been able to do with multiple quarterbacks. And I think that's what he would do with Justin Fields. And I think that's important because you got to do that, you know. And I, I guess, Corey, the big thing that a lot of people were, you know, because what was everyone saying if they wanted to keep Fields? Hey, man, you got to get a real play caller in here, man. You got to get, get him another weapon. Get him. Like, is this what – those people were talking about, right? Like, I don't want to hear excuses next year for Justin Fields and the play calling. Oh, yeah. Like, is this the guy, or are we still going to be making excuses for a guy like Shane no. Waldron? No, I, I think this is the guy. I think he's the perfect guy um, just because of, of his recent history with Geno Smith, right? A guy that has, has been a quarterback that has turned the ball over in his history. I think the one year for the Jets, Geno Smith threw 13 touchdowns and 23 interceptions the one year. Mm-hmm. I think it was for like 2,800 yards. Um, so it wasn't very efficient. And he kept bouncing around from team to team and then finally got the opportunity when Russell Wilson went to Denver. And he's lit it up the, the past two years. We, we can could, we could make an argument, you know, that uh, last year he was playing like a top five quarterback, right? Um, so I think I think the proof is in the pudding, what he's been able to do. And I've always said that I think, you know, there's some quarterbacks that can play in any system, right, i.e. Aaron Rodgers. He's just that confident, right, Tom Brady towards the end of his career. But a lot of a lot of these quarterbacks, right, you look at Jared Goff is so successful right now, right, because of the coordinator scripting around him, right? They have great weapons, but he's, he's doing what he's comfortable with. And I think that's the mark of a lot of great coordinators, Mike McDaniel, um, Shanahan, all these guys, right? They're making their quarterbacks very comfortable and they're scripting around them. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing, especially at that scenario, keeping Justin Fields, because that, like you said, at this point, there's no excuses, right? Especially if they add another weapon at wide receiver, which I think they're leaning towards. At that point, you're like, hey, there's no excuses. We got a great game plan caller. We have two stud weapons in DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison or any other receiver they get. Um, and then they continue to, to beef up that, that defensive line. At that point, there's no excuses for Justin Fields. We need to see progressions. We need to see him keep getting better. And I think he will do that with Shane Waldron. Yeah, we're talking to Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear. 
here on 670 The Score. I am Gabe Ramirez. So Shane Waldron has experience coaching guys like Jared Goff and Geno Smith. And I, when I think of those two quarterbacks, I can I can really get a good grasp of who they are. Someone that can make the throw, can put points on the board, but is not a superstar quarterback. Can't like when I think of Justin Fields, those two quarterbacks don't come to mind. You know, when I'm when I'm thinking about him, I don't think of Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Do you like? Do you make that no. leap? You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I'm 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 I'm, 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 I'm wondering is it the same situation where you got somebody trying to come in and make Justin feel something that he's not? So no, I, I don't think so. I think I think you you skated this around what he does well, and the thing that, that's so different about Justin Fields is he brings a different element that Geno Smith and Jared Goff don't. His mobility. Okay. And I think he's similar to the Lamar Jackson. I think if they can get around him, the, the only thing is Justin Fields has a cannon of an arm. He can make every throw. It's just been inconsistency at times, right? And I think Luke Getzey, Matt Nagy didn't get the best out of him. And especially his first year playing, they didn't have a number one receiver. This year we got DJ Moore. Him and DJ Moore were on the same page. But after DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney had a lot of drops. Tyler Scott did. Cole Komet was banged up towards the end of the season. And Cole Komet's not a burner. You can't expect him to stretch the field, right? He's going to be that security blanket going over the seam or in the red zone. But he's not going to be that dynamic playmaker that you wanted to be at number two. So I think if they add that number two receiver, a real stud, I think that'll open things a lot. And uh, I really think whatever quarterback's in there will really reap the benefits from that. Yeah, I think I think uh, I definitely think it was the safest pick. That, that's for sure, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. if you're trying to, fit, if you're, if you're thinking about the culture that you're trying to create, right? It very much is like he fits the mold of the kind of guys that, like, the Bears wouldn't get someone that was like too over the top, right? It'd be someone that would fall in line, kind of gets along with everybody, kind of looks looks like he'd be boys with Coach Eberflus, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. They all look the yeah. same, you know, and that kind of a thing. So I, I mean, I get it, I get it. I just, I, I, you know, if Caleb Williams comes in or somebody, you know, a, a, the new quarterback. I mean, do you think an offensive coordinator like that prefers getting someone brand new or having some sort of reclamation project in a Justin Fields? Uh, I, I think I think it really doesn't matter. I don't I don't think at this point it's I guarantee you they'll ask him a little bit of his input, but input about what he thinks, like quarterback situation. But I think either way, um, I think he's not not afraid of, of taking on a challenge, right? And I think Justin Fields is one of the most intriguing prospects in the NFL right now, right? I think there's a lot of teams that are so intrigued about his upside because I, he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be, right? So I think a lot of a lot of coaches, a lot of talent evaluators are like, imagine what this guy could be if you put him in a great scheme. So I think Waldron is, is thinking about that, right? If they keep Justin Fields, my goal is to elevate him to the next level like I did with Geno Smith. And we can make an argument all day, right? I, I think Justin Fields' ceiling is way higher than Geno Smith, right? I think we could all agree on that. Oh, yeah. So imagine what he can do if he gets his full potential. And that's why for Justin, we haven't had a true coordinator that has really been able to unlock his potential. Yeah. We've seen it in, in bits and pieces, right? I look at that Falcons game, and some of the dimes he was throwing in that game was unbelievable with the elements, the snow, wet ball. Um, if Imagine if we had a legit number two receiver. Both of those balls to Tyler Scott would have been touchdowns. We're talking about a, a four-touchdown, 350-yard performance from Justin Fields in a game with the elements. So 
everybody sees the upside, they see the potential, is now all putting it together. And I think that's what Shane Waldron would do if he was working with him. Yeah. I mean, he's worked under some really, really big people, man. Uh, you know, he's worked under Bill Belichick. You know, so he's, he's been there. Pete Carroll, as we mentioned, Sean yeah. Bay. I mean, I mean, there's, you know, it's good stuff there. We're talking to Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear and former Northwestern alum. Um, Corey, it's all over the place. The new $800 million stadium that a lot of people were concerned about as to whether it would be built, you know, especially at the beginning of the season while the drama was surrounding the team, um, but projected to be completed by 2026. They must have real Chicagoans working on this, having it be done I, I in so. two years. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, yeah. I'm wondering where they're where they going to play at Soldier Field. I haven't even heard anything about that. Do you, do you know anything about well, that? Isn't it going to be just right next to it? Are they going to tear down the old one? No, I, I think they're I think they're tearing down the stadium right now. If I if I had that correctly, like oh, the current wow. stadium. Oh yeah, um, begin Ryanfield demolition by month's end. Yeah, so I'm wondering where they're going to play. Because how many home games? Those. How many home games do do you usually have a season? Six. Uh, six. Okay, six. So six games. I mean, on a Saturday, I'm sure nobody's tripping off that. I'll make that work. Yeah, I, I guess they'll probably play at Soldier Field, but I think the thing is, so so for Northwestern. Um, when, when I was there, a lot of times at some of the home games, right, we, we wouldn't get the, the best fan support if we weren't doing well, right? So I think what they're trying to do is build a smaller stadium to, to make it more packed. Because I think they went from – so How many like, does it hold right now? I think it's like 59,000. Oh, and I wow. think it, they're going down to 30,000. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I think they're trying to make it more of an intimate experience. Um, but I'm just, I'm just hoping that, that – Northwestern gets the fan support because it, it's it's been tough at times, right? Because like I said, a lot of times these fans have been fair weather, to be honest with you. That's my alma mater. I love Northwestern. It's not but. fair weather, Corey. You guys <laughs> suck. So it's like, what do you want what do you want people to do? Build around the loser? You're not the Bears. They are they only have so much space in their heart for losers. Dude, have have you been have you been to uh Minnesota games or have you been to Nebraska? Nebraska's been bad for a while. That place is packed, boy. There's <laughs> nothing else there but but the corn corn huskers and then the corn huskers. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. But but the thing is, there is no other Big Ten teams in Chicago. So come on, man. I hear you. Somebody we, tweeted we out, Corey. Somebody tweeted out. Said, did you, did you know Northwestern is building a new football stadium that's going to be the most expensive stadium among the Big Ten schools and also the smallest. It's the most expensive, smallest stadium in the Big Ten. Hey, I guess that's a record for something. But <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, the boosters from Northwestern, they got the big pockets. So, uh, yeah, they were holding it for a while. But the thing is, winning makes everything that much easier right, mm-hmm. and better. So when, when they found out they won, they won a bowl game, they finished the season good. Um, you know, they, I, think, I think all the money went right towards back towards that. But I mean, the thing is, if you think about it, Gabe, from a recruiting standpoint, obviously everything that happened this offseason with the hazing allegations, but winning makes you forget about everything. Their facility is one of the top ones in, in the nation. I don't know. One of these days they'll take you for a tour of it. Unbelievable. Right on Lake Michigan. Uh, I think it's $220 million facility, something along those lines. 360 views of Lake Michigan. Unbelievable. They never had that when I was there. They get everything good once we leave, and that's how it goes. So I don't get to reap any of the benefits of all the stuff they have. They have all this customized <laughs> meal plan, and they got all this this uh, sleep room. They got uh, massages. They got 
therapy. They got they got everything you could ever think of, right? They got a relaxation room. You know what we had? We had one TV that we had to share video games with people for. You know, tell, tell me I'm angry without telling me I'm angry. <laughs> Oh, the kids got it easy now. That's what they always say. That's what always happens when you leave high school. Now. And they get and paid, they get paid, man. That's real. All right. Well, hopefully when they finally uh, break ground and get this thing up and running, I can get a VIP tour with none other than Corey Wooten. That's what I would hope. Oh, of course. You know, I got like, the king The king of Chicago, Gabe Ramirez. Oh, They're going to pull out the red cotton for you, baby. I will say this before I let you go, Corey. Uh, one, of my, one of my good friends owns Muster's Last Stand. And I want yes. mustard. Mustards. <laughs> I mean, I got to give them love. When I was doing a bunch of appearances across the city with like Metro PCS and everything, they would they hired mustards to go around with me. So it was the owner, the wife, the son would come around a lot, right. and they were just some of the nicest people in the world. So I got to sh- shout them out real quick. Mustards last stand over there on Central Street in Evanston. Corey, appreciate you, man. Always love talking to you about the Bears, and you know this thing's only going to get fired up as we get closer to the draft. So I'll talk to you again soon about it. Yeah, appreciate it, brother. It's going to be a fun off-season, free agency to draft. So looking forward to, to talking with you again soon, man. As always, Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear, hanging out with me here on 670 to score. That's interesting. The most I didn't know it was the most expensive stadium in the Big Ten. I mean, it's the newest, right? It'll be the newest. So, of course, costs and such got to be. But the stadium's, the current stadium is 98 years old. I mean, damn, how how much, I mean, like, that sounds right. This they, they, the, I don't know what's more more impressive, that they've been playing in a 98-year-old stadium or the fact that they're going to get it done in two years. That's a lot of stops at Home Depot. You know what I mean? For the materials, guys. Don't, don't do that. For the materials. That's a lot. That's a lot. 800 million? Why does 800 million not even sound like a lot anymore? You hear 800 million, like, hmm, I thought stadiums all cost a billion. But, hey, man, I, I'll tell you this. The second it opens, I'll be there. Looks beautiful. All the pictures look beautiful. I can see myself looking for a reason to go up there. And who knows? Maybe even like the Chicago Fire will have some games up there. I guess we'll have to wait and see about that. All right. On the other side, we get to – I want to play this clip for you from Softy Mailer who was on with Parkins earlier today. And he had some some damning comments about Shane Waldron. Softy Mailer is a guy who – does sports talk radio out in Seattle. And he said that the success of Geno Smith is not a result of Shane Waldron, new bears offensive coordinator. It is someone else. Who is that person? And what else does he have to say about the latest additions to the Chicago bears team? I'll play some cuts from softy Mailer talking to Parkins uh, right after this. It's Gabriel Ramirez on 670 to score. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. He's boring. He's got no personality. He's kind of a he's kind of milk toast, right? I mean, I don't I don't look at Shane Waldron and see a future leader of men. Now that could obviously potentially change down the road. There's no question about that. He could come out of his shell at some point in time. But every conversation I've had with Shane and guys, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the guy's a jerk at all. He, he's fine, right? He's a nice enough guy. He was he was fine to me. I got no beef with the guy, but. 
if you're looking for a future head coach, you're looking for somebody who commands a room. And that is not Shane Waldron whatsoever. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. It's harsh. Sounds like what if you took out Shane Waldron's name, you would think that was somebody talking about Lou Getz here in Chicago. But that was Softy Mahler. He was, he's a, does the same thing we do here on 670, but out there in Seattle. And he was talking to Danny Parkins earlier today. And man, he was going hard, like hard on Buddy. And I felt bad. I mean, but say, I did like what he said. He said, hey, man, when I, when I talk to offensive coordinators, I look in their soul and I think to myself, can this guy be a, a head coach in the NFL? That's what I look for first. He's thinking, there's nothing about that. That made me think that about Shane Waldron when I when I talked to him, and I thought that was interesting. That's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Uh, we are going to talk to another Seattle sports head at 720 here on The Score, Mike Salk from Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports, uh, to just get his opinion as well. Because imagine if somebody called us up, right? Because there's rumors that Luke Getze is interviewing for the Las Vegas Raiders offensive coordinator position. Could you imagine if they get him and somebody from Vegas is like, yo, Gabe, you want to jump on with us and talk to us about Lou Getze? <laughs> sure. Why did you guys hire Lou Getze? Like, that's the first thing that would come out of my mouth. And that's what Softy Mahler was talking about as well. Interesting. Um, but he did talk about the kind of parts that need to be involved in order for a Waldron-led offense to be successful. I think you're looking for more of what they had in L.A. with Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, a guy with a cannon for an arm, great running game, great running back, no question about that. you got to have a great, phenomenal offensive line. And Seattle really never had a great offensive line when Geno Smith was here and when Shane Waldron was here. They got better in the last couple of years, but they were never elite. They were never known as one of the elite offensive lines in the NFL. The injury factor, like I said, was certainly a problem for them. I think all of that stuff, I think Goff and Matt Stafford, time to set their feet. Think about the great pass catchers, the tight ends the Rams had. The year they went to the Super Bowl, they were one of the best offenses in the NFL. Seattle never had that kind of talent, at least not up front on the offensive line. The wide receivers are fine. Lockett, Metcalf, and Jigba, Jackson Smith and Jigba, those guys were great, but they could never really find a way to get those guys involved. And I think one of the biggest complaints that Seahawks fans have about DK Metcalf and Shane Waldron he was never able to get him the 150, 160 plus targets a year that a guy like that deserves. And I think one of those problems came from Pete Carroll. Others came, may, may have come from Shane Waldron, but the combination of those two and really trying to get DK Metcalf to flourish never really happened in Seattle. Softy Mailer, Mahler, talking to Danny Parkins earlier today and just, you know, kind of telling you what kind of parts need to be involved. And listen, if you're looking in Seattle, I mean, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, three super talented weapons that Gino was able to get to. And obviously Shane Waldron was cooking up some offenses where he knew he had three weapons and the Bears are still looking for their third. Cole Komet's there. DJ Moore's there. They got to put one more in there. I'm sure Mahler's going to have his, his his fair share of input on what he wants this offense to look like or what weapons he, he feels like he needs to be successful. But Softy had one more thing to say about Shane Waldron, and it was whether or not Bears fans should be excited. I just don't get it. If Nagy's out at the end of the year and nobody wants to sit there and, uh, you know, go walk the plank with this guy for 17 weeks, then I get it. But if I'm equal parts Bears fan 
an equal part Seahawks fan, and I know what I know about Shane Waldron, you know, there's, there's nothing about this hire that excites me at all. I mean, was there anything about the Seahawks offense that you guys watched a year ago or the last two years where you said to yourself, wow, look at that scheme, look at that unbelievable innovative approach that Shane Waldron took? I mean, his offenses are kind of predictable. They're kind of boring. He doesn't have head coach written on him at all. I mean, he's got – there's about as much personality in this cell phone I'm on than there is in Shane Waldron. So, oh I don't know. I hate to tell you any differently. You want me to tell you the guy is uh, the next Andy Reid or the next Mike Holmgren? Great. I'll tell you that. But I'd be lying to you. <laughs> First of all, dude's a character. Dude is a character. I could tell you he's the next Andy Reid, but I'd be lying to you. <laughs> More personality in that cell phone he had. Um, I get it though. Cause I'm sure he's probably just upset at the fact that Shane Waldron was given another job. He probably thought Pete Carroll was his only saving grace. The only reason he had a job, no one had been looking for him for the last three years to not only take over their offense, but to take over their franchise as a head coach. And so again, if somebody were to call me up, if Luke Getze gets a job in, uh, for the Raiders and somebody calls me up and says, hey, Gabe, get on the, get on the radio and talk to me about Luke Getze, I'd be like, Hunter Renfro's about to go crazy with 27 screen passes. Devontae Adams, poof, you better get ready for his yak because that's the only way he's going to get yards. Josh Jacobs, if you bring him back, it's going to be a stud. You know, what do you want me to say? What would I say? I don't know. But that's what Softy Mahler, sports head over in Seattle, that's what he had to say about Shane Waldron, Bears' new offensive coordinator. But what did the players say? What did Pete Carroll say about Shane Waldron? I get to play that for you on the other side. You're going to want to hear it. Thoughts on Shane Waldron from DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, and, of course, as mentioned, Pete Carroll. What did the four of them have to say about the Bears' new offensive coordinator I'll play it for you next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 